you're listening to Monster of the Week with Timothy from ProDM. And for our third episode, we'll be interviewing Roma Downey and Della Reese, stars of the 1994 CBS fantasy drama series, It's Angels. This episode's about angels that was a touched by an angel joke. Do you remember that show? You can find the angels on page 15 of the Monster Manual. They are basically what you would imagine, divine servants of good-aligned gods, usually appearing as winged humanoids full of righteous fury. This is going to be an interesting episode because we actually have three different monsters grouped under the heading angel. There's the Deva and the Planetar and the Solar. All these angels have sort of a base block of shared abilities. Their weapons deal extra radiant damage. They have innate spell casting. They have a healing touch. And of course, they have wings. They can fly. Yet each type is subtly different. So the Deva is a CR-10 messenger. It's sort of meant to interface with mortals. As such, its main thing is that it's got like a chain shape ability, so it can sort of appear like Roma Downey, for example. A Planetar is CR-16 and represents more of a soldier, meant to bring down a god's wrath upon the mortal world. They're pretty similar to a Deva, but they have some beefier spells, and they have this one really fun ability where they can instantly detect a lie without a roll. And then lastly, there's the CR-21 Legendary Solar, which is essentially like an archangel, like a minor god. Solars have tons of abilities. They've got a slaying longbow that has a decent chance of just killing a character outright. Uh, They've got a flying sword that can attack on its own. And then they've got also legendary actions. There's a teleport. There's like a a searing burst that deals fire and radiant damage in a 10-foot radius. And they have like a blinding gaze that can blind a creature with a gaze. Those are our three types of angels. So like I say, we've got a lot to cover in this episode. So we're going to chug right on into the history of angels in D&D. For those familiar with the history of Dungeons & Dragons, particularly in the 80s, you might have suspected that demons and devils have a complicated history with D&D, but actually so do angels. The Deva first appeared in Dragon Magazine number 63 uh, in an article that Gygax actually wrote, while the Solar and the Planetar were then introduced in the next issue, I believe in 64. Thanks to the Satanic Panic, though, they were never actually called angels until like much, much later. And there were a number of kind of like evasive terms, Azamon, Archons, Eladrin at one point was used for like angels. And they were all grouped together under the term Celestial which actually survives today as the creature type for the angel. In 4E was when the term angel was actually used for the first time, but back then they were actually decoupled from good alignment. So you could have evil angels and chaotic angels and neutral angels. In 5E though, they've been returned to being good and specifically lawful good only, which at first sounds kind of dumb, but the more you think about it is actually kind of interesting and we'll, we'll get into that. Angels are pretty standard across the different settings. They appear in Forgotten Realms, Eberron, Ravenloft, and Planescape. In Ravenloft and Planescape, there's not much said about them specifically. In Ravenloft, angels tend to appear as individuals Whereas in Planescape, uh, they depict devas as lawful good celestials who are native to Mount Celestia, like basically what you would assume 
the base setting for angels. In Eberron, they're from Cyrenia, which is sort of the plane of the azure sky, and they serve the sovereign host, which is the closest thing Eberron has to kind of a standard pantheon of gods. Notably, though, in Eberron, fallen angels are called radiant idols, which I think is pretty metal. In Forgotten Realms, angels are, as you'd expect, the servants of the gods, with the added twist that they are actually specifically formed from the spirits of petitioners, right? Like faithful, devoted mortals become angels. Even within that structure, devas could then be promoted to planetars and planetars to solar is kind of like an upper mobility thing which is interesting because it sort of maps to the way that devils work which are really like the two forces devils and angels being positioned against each other fallen angels in fr are usually completely stripped of their powers whereas the standard setting in 5e suggests that they retain their powers but they simply sever their connection to their god i imagine that's probably like an artifact of all of fr's dozens of retcons as, as you'll find across lots of different monsters yeah, so that's the history of angels, you know, kind of a rocky start in the beginning before they finally just in recent years have embraced what they're trying to depict, right? As the satanic panic is, you know, 40 years in its grave, thankfully. Next, we're going to talk about the positives, the things we like about the angels presented in the 5th edition Monster Manual. So the first positive thing I'm going to say about angels uh, is actually about their lore. I really like that in 5th edition, they're strictly lawful good. Say what you will about alignment in 5th edition, but angels as beings of both pure good and pure law really works for me as they're sort of like servitors, right? They they do the bidding of their god, so they follow their god's instructions to the letter. The book even brings up the interesting dichotomy of the fact that you would sometimes have chaotic good and neutral good gods with lawful good angels, right? That even though this god follows Corallon Lorathian, for example, and that god is chaotic good and more likely to bend the rules in favor of their followers, the angel that serves Corallon is not chaotic good. They're lawful good, and so they're less likely to be forgiving. They're less likely to bend the rules, even though that's what their god would do. So you immediately have this interesting conflict between these deities and their angels. I think a lawful good character is like well positioned to fall, right? They're a hard ass. There's no room for moral gray. Like there's the right answer and there's the wrong answer and they don't have any doubts. And I think that's really interesting and necessary to have the kind of zealot you know, ends justify the means lawful good character. I like that they can't be negotiated with. I like that they're inherently hard asses. That feels right for angels in a way that gods can be all across the alignment spectrum, but angels specifically are just this way, and it locks them in with demons and devils, being demons are always chaotic evil, devils are always lawful evil. It feels good that the angels are always lawful good. The next thing I like about angels in 5th edition is a mechanical thing. I like how powerful they feel, but how simple they are are to run. If you look at their stat blocks, you're not dealing with a lot of conflicting abilities here. You have the angelic weapons, which add an extra, for the deva, add an extra 4d8 radiant damage to their attacks, which is a lot of damage, but it's simple to understand. They can heal with a touch a few times per day, that's pretty basic, and they have a bunch of sort of innate fun spellcasting abilities. Raise dead, insect plague for the planetar, control weather, resurrection. Like, how often do you see resurrection as a spell-like ability in a monster stat block? I think this is the only time I can recall call it. They can also speak all languages, which is a nice hand wave, but also feels very thematic, right? Like speaking in tongues. 
And I'm going to cheat a little bit here with our last positive, and I'm going to do one positive from each of the stat blocks. We have these three different angels. Uh, so for the Deva, my favorite thing about the Deva is that their chain shapeability specifically allows them to turn not only into a humanoid, which you'd expect, but also into a beast. Uh, I have used this before, actually. I have had a... Um, an angel disguised as like a big St. Bernard in our All Hell Yog campaign. Directly inspired by that, I really liked the notion that an angel could infiltrate the mortal world disguised as like a pupper, right? It's cute. The Planetar has Divine Awareness, which let me read to you because it's extremely boss. Divine Awareness. The Planetar knows if it hears a lie. That's it. You know, some people might not like that ambiguity that like, well, how does it know? And like, what is a lie exactly? But I love how like even the stat block doesn't leave any room for interpretation, right? It's just it knows if it hears a lie. You can't even try to bluff it. There's no reason to roll deception because it will automatically succeed. And that just immediately tells you everything you need to know about angels, right? I want more monster abilities that give as few fucks as divine awareness gives. And lastly, for the Solar, we're going to get a little bit rules wonky, and we're going to talk about their legendary actions. I actually think all three of these are pretty good. The Monster Manual is a little sparse on cool, effective legendary actions, and I think all three of these knock it out of the park. The Teleport ability gives the Solar a lot of battlefield maneuverability and mobility, which is cool. Searing Burst is nice and not really reflected anywhere else in the Angel stats, which is kind of fun. It's like a surprise ability. And Blinding Gaze feels thematic, right? That the angel's gaze is this withering thing that you are not worthy to look upon it. All of those are good. All of those are unique and flavorful and not just rolls a perception check or something like that. Lastly, let's talk a little bit about what we don't like so much about the angels. I think my first criticism of the angel is that visually... They're a little boring. In previous editions of Dungeons & Dragons, I'm thinking of third right now, the, the Celestials were broken up into much more visually distinct categories. There was the Lantern Archon, which I really liked. That was basically like a good aligned Will of the Wisp. There's the Hound Archon that I especially like and was actually the basis for the shape-shifting St. Bernard in the All Hell Yog adventure. It, like if you look at the Christian Bible, angels are depicted as being so bizarre and like cosmically horrific. Like where are my wheels of fire and my dozens of wings and eyes? Like that's the stuff I want. I definitely understand having one humanoid looking angel, but I kind of want the rest of them to just be inexplicable and like impossible for mortals to understand. Maybe if there was something in the lore about how they choose to take these forms so that way they can be comprehended. But there's nothing like that in the lore. If you look at the art, the conclusion you would draw is that the gods choose to manifest their servants as bodybuilding dude bros. So let's spice up the visuals a little bit, right? The second one's a bit of a quibble. While it makes sense to centralize all their abilities, the side effect of that is that the angels kind of blur together. Beyond their conceptual difference that one is a messenger and one is a warrior, there's not a lot of difference between the Deva and the Planetar. I think the Planetar in particular kind of gets the shaft here. I would have loved to see a broader range of unique powers. Divine Awareness is so cool, I want almost more of that. Maybe if the Planetar was branded as more of like a Justicar, right? That it's coming down to pass judgment on mortals rather than just swing sword. My last little gripe is about the fallen angel. There are two paragraphs in the opening lore that describes how fallen angels work, but there's nothing in the stats about them. They basically purport that the fallen angel is exactly the same as a regular angel, which I understand from a page count standpoint, you don't want to have yet another stat block, but I kind of want falling from grace to give you cool powers. Like the whole conceit of the fallen angel is that it turned Lucifer into the devil, 
right? That like it completely changed everything about him. Like maybe you could say that a fallen angel becomes a devil, but I kind of want to see what dark and spooky powers a fallen angel has. Anyone who's listened to our podcast, All Hell Yog, knows that we went to great lengths to make the fallen angel character Agnimov feel both like an angel and like a horrible exarch of darkness, right? I want a little more meat there. I want I want to delve into that. That's half of the fun of the angel is how dogmatic they are and how poised they are to fall. Reward me for using a fallen angel. That's what I want. So what are three ways we could improve the angels as they're presented in the Monster Manual? I think we could bring back things like the Lantern Archon or the Hound Archon, or we could push it further, you know, and make much crazier, more biblical-looking angels. That would be awesome. I would want to devise a couple cooler powers for the Planetar, maybe like a Divine Interdict that prevents a character from using divine spells or something like that. Like, find some way to make the Planetar less of a warrior and more of a judge. I think that could be fun. And lastly, give me a template for a fallen angel. They have a whole entry in here about shadow dragons. I would love to see a similar thing done for the fallen angel. What happens to an angel when it has been severed from its god for too long? What powers does it get? What powers does it lose? Right? Like, show me an actual material difference between an angel in good standing and an angel with no standing. And that's it. That's our third episode. We'll be back in our next installment with another trio of interesting monsters. We'll be talking about the animated objects. This one is a real grab bag, but honestly, animated objects are another one of my favorite monsters, so I'm looking forward to that episode. Until next time, thanks for listening. Go watch a rerun of Touched by an Angel, and happy adventuring. Monster of the Week is a ProDM production. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at XPWebSeries. And if you like the show, please consider joining our Patreon campaign. For $1 a month, you get access not only to early episodes of this show, but also to brand new homebrew monsters every weekday. You can find us at patreon.com slash XPWebSeries. That's the letters X, P, Web Series. The music used in this episode was Rainbow Ride and Waves by Azure Flux, licensed under an attribution, non-commercial, share-alike, Creative Commons license. Check out their work at azureflux.bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening.